welcome to the MandoCast, Star Wars Reports podcast for discussing the latest episode of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Michael Morris, and with me for our first official episode, a couple guys from the very fantastic Culture Class Clash podcast. Uh, however, the, the host could use a little work, but that's a totally different situation. <laughs> Here with me is Kyle Wagner and Kevin Reitzel. How's it going, guys? It's going good. You know, I, I feel the need for hashtag real co-host. I don't know <laughs> what's up with that, but I, you know, excited I, had to to be... it, I had to bring it over here too, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, excited to be here. Ex- excited to talk the first episode of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus launch day. Yeah, well, this wasn't really planned, which is kind of cool, uh, Michael. Thanks for uh, kind of dragging us into this. Boy, this is going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twist our arms out. out. Right. <laughs> Right, as, yeah. fa- as fandom podcast network uh, nerds, we're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was so pleased because I, you know, I, I had originally planned. I'm like, okay, I'll do the first one with Christy. She's my wife, and unfortunately, she's sick. So I was like, oh gosh, oh no. And I'm like, I, I, I know some guys. I, I know somebody. <laughs> we, we can take care of this. <laughs> I know some guys with no life. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I think it was more like he had bounty pucks for us or something like that. Yes. This is all actually a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah like you said this is the the t- tonight uh, obviously mandalorian or i'm sorry it was actually early this morning i had uh friends who were like oh i already watched i'm like let's check the time on this that was 3 a.m what are you doing you know <laughs> um but uh i had i had to go to work today because it was the day after a holiday and since you know we're closed on uh holidays that means I didn't get home until like uh, 7.30, maybe a little bit later tonight. So I have literally got home, watched it, contacted you guys, and now here we are. Being on the, uh, the West Coast now, it had already been up and streaming when I woke up. And I happened to have the day off today. It wasn't planned. I just been having Tuesdays off from work, which has been kind of nice and realizing, Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I'll just wake up and watch it and did it. And I, I was able to download it. I, I think I downloaded onto my Xbox one first and was able to, to watch it. And then when I wanted to watch it again, I couldn't <laughs> because <laughs> everyone else was trying to do it. And then finally I was able to uh, get back on it again. So I watched it again and then, and then I made my my uh, fiance Aaron watch it, and then I watched it again, and then I was watching it again. <laughs> but it was it was interesting seeing a lot of people struggle trying to uh, connect to it right, I, right away. So you know, um, that, I was going to ask about that because I had, been, of course, you know, I'm at work and I'm constantly just you know checking my phone just to see you know if somebody says something or whatever, and I'm seeing people uh, screenshot their. Um, little uh i guess the, the message disney plus gives you whatever i'm like oh no oh no when i get home late tonight everybody else is going to want to be on there and i'm not going to get to watch it this is going to be the worst um but that was not the case i got to watch it straight through no errors how about you kyle do you have any issues um this morning i downloaded the app before i went to work i watched maybe about the first 10 minutes of it and then i i finally got found where i could download the app onto my phone i watched a little bit of it there and then when I got home tonight, I hit my 4K TV, hit, hit my Apple TV 4K, and everything streamed just beautifully. Um, I think there was just so many people hitting the download of the Disney Plus app off their servers so early this morning and all throughout the morning. That's what was causing probably more problems right. than anything. Well, Qu- question think- question for you real quick, if you don't mind me asking. Um, when uh, you mentioned trying to download it on your phone, I tried to download it on my phone just to see if I could find the app because a friend of mine had messaged me saying I can't find the app. And I after I had already successfully downloaded it on my Xbox One, I couldn't find it on my phone under the apps. I went to the, actually used my phone, went to the Disney Plus website, and there was a link there to the apps, app store where it took me to where I could uh, download okay. the app. So, but I, yeah, I have a, it was not popping up on the app store very readily, and I don't know quite what the deal was with that. And, you know, I think that that may be uh, I think you guys may may be onto something there with maybe a lot of the issues, because unless I'm mistaken, you couldn't download it until yesterday, right? Until today. Oh, today? it was not available until 
today i know a couple i think matt clifton had a video up he downloaded it like right after midnight and started so it was right after okay. midnight eastern time that yeah. it popped up a little okay. early and then so that had been around 3 a.m pacific time yeah so okay yeah i was thinking maybe uh yesterday but then again that may have been it may have been around midnight when i was seeing that i don't know <laughs> so yeah that that probably because I had thought about that before because I hadn't seen anything about it and everything. And I thought, yeah, it would be really nice if we could at least make sure we've got it on our systems or whatever, you know. And because my thing is, I'm like, I don't even know if it's um, like with my TV. I have a Samsung TV. And so it's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be on there or if I'm going to have to go over to the Roku, you know, like I'm not sure what the setup is going to be. So I like I'd feel a lot more comfortable doing it. Um, so I guess the the good thing about Christine being sick is I was able to say, hey, make sure that 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 uh, Disney Plus app is downloaded and ready to go. So uh, she got it, got it set up and everything, and it, it was all set up. So yeah, I, I think you guys definitely may be onto something that just uh, that's a whole lot of bandwidth. I imagine everybody trying to to pull the entire app onto their uh, you know whatever systems. Yeah, I, I think that I think that was a big part of it because it seems like the conne- I'm seeing less and less connection issues as the day has gone on, and I give Disney some credit for actually it could have gone a lot worse mm-hmm. than what it did. Certainly. How, how when did you guys actually jump on Disney Plus? Because I I did it uh, soon after the D23 deal was yep. a limited yep. time for the public. You had to go on to Disney and create that account, and then you had to wait for a little bit to say yes you can purchase it and it was like what 140 something dollars for three years right it was a yep. steal is what it was and yeah, yeah it really was. it's like four bucks a month or something like <laughs> right that. so yeah right. yeah yeah i know a lot of people who waited for the hulu deal too that which is not a bad deal in itself as well it's it's not um however <laughs> my thing is because it seems like that was that deal was only for the basic hulu and yeah, I, I didn't see anything for commercial free Hulu. That and was kind of I gotta I was, have my yeah. commercial free Hulu. I mean, yeah, no, 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 no commercials on my Hulu, please. Look, if I'm if I'm gonna cut the cord, I'm gonna do it right. I'm not. I don't need this commercial nonsense. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you guys, did you have anything else to say on the uh, the app side of things? Or well, I, I was gonna just ask both of you. Did you? really kind of just cruise through the app a little bit. I mean, obviously we all probably jumped right into Mandalorian, but you take any time just to kind of just at least browse through the app real quick to see some of the other things that are there. I, I um, go ahead, you, Michael. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just saying just real quickly. I have, like I said, I, I pretty much, I got home, I watched Mandalorian. Um, we're here. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's been my night so far, you know? So uh, I, I haven't, I haven't looked at any of the other stuff. Uh, so Kevin, what, what, what you got? What are you looking at on there? I had, t- I looked through the menus and I was just like, Oh, okay. I noticed the live action uh, lady in the tramp was up there or whatever they're calling that now. <laughs> that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I was looking at a lot of the stuff that was available and I ended up just for fun, kind of watching the first half hour of uh Avengers Endgame, even though I have it on digital <laughs> elsewhere and I have the physical media and stuff, but it was interesting to see all the stuff that was there, including the Simpsons and all these classic shows like Herbie, the love bug and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of skimmed through it a little bit. I, I have to say, and I know Disney's going to be posting a lot more of their classic stuff as, as it goes along. They've tried to get together as much as they could when it goes up, but there was a little, there was a lot of classic Disney that I was surprised wasn't already on there. Oh yeah. So, so I was, but I know, I, I know there's more coming. So I know you're you're holding out for that song of the South. Uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm, I will. I, I, yeah, I will tell you what, Dar. I will be diving into some older Marvel cartoons here very shortly. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? I saw somebody um, was uh, already jumping on the X Men cartoon, and I know actually that was one of the things that Christy had like in her top. Uh, you know, her, her Three Musketeers, dude. Three Musketeers. <laughs> three I know Max O'Donnell's already posted on that, that he's um, watching that. D- d- I, I almost forgot. Sh- do you know if the black hole is on there? It is. It is? Oh, my God. That's cool. Um, <laughs> right. I, one of the things, uh, the other things that I'm um, looking forward to jumping in to you talking about the X-Men, Gargoyles. And then Gargoyles oh, yeah, is actually yeah, yeah. already treading, trending on social gargoyles. media. Yes. I've seen a lot of people. That's one that I guess just it was super popular but for whatever reason just sort of become forgotten um so yeah there's it was one of, it was quote unquote one of those disney forgets mm-hmm. <laughs> well i think too is, is that because it may just be a situation of 
the way I remember, it was pretty dark for. Yeah, it was dark for a Disney show, but I'll, I'll tell you what, the big thing about it was the voice acting talent that was on that right, show. For sure. Absolutely. Yep. Um, well, I'll tell you what, guys. Let's, um, well, let's do this, even though I feel like, you know, look, if you haven't seen The Mandalorian yet and you're here, thank you. But also, what are you doing? Go watch <laughs> The Mandalorian, then come back. Please, I mean, unless unless you say, you know what, I'm good with spoilers. I want your opinion first, then I'll watch it. Then, hey, all to it. But just know that, that that's what we're going to jump I, into. I thought we were going to be completely vague and no spoilers at all. I yeah. don't know who, where you get your uh, <laughs> delusion. Wait, 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 I kid. <laughs> Guys, if, if there's going to be spoilers, I will self-destruct. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're jumping straight to that, huh? <laughs> So, all right. So, you know, right now, let everybody know we're jumping into spoilers. Come back if if you uh, if that's going to be an issue for you. All right. First thing I got to say, dude is ruthless. I oh mean, yeah! R- right off the bat, they show you like he is ruthless. Um, well, he he he's true Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> right, and. Uh, but and I mean, as we kind of see later, he he definitely has a code. He has a a moral code. Um, but he's, you know, uh, if you're if you're uh if you're a bad guy, you're gonna die. <laughs> he does um, not care. Stay away. He will cut you in half with a door. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> stay away from doors with this guy. Right. <laughs> he, he's uh, and you know, there's there's no hiding it. It's obvious that this is basically the. Uh, the Clint Eastwood man with no name series type mm-hmm. uh, um, model that they're yeah. rolling, you know, rolling this guy under here. And, and, and I think that's really cool because it, it's, you know, the music had the feel to it, the, the setting and, you know, the, the, the kind of Western feel that we had there. It was great. And it was nice to see, uh, you know, that uh, he, he is ruthless and uh, you don't want to accuse him of spilling your drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know what it also reminded me of uh, a bit. Now it's different, but for whatever reason, this is what flashed in my head was a history of violence. Yeah. Remember yeah. when um, <laughs> he uh, Vigo Mortensen beats those guys up with a coffee pot? That's yeah. what I was thinking when they they slide that mug down and he just grabs it and goes to town on them. Yep. So uh, very cool. Um, like I said, I, I like it, and then I like that you think you're like, oh, okay, you know, he's he come in and he stopped that guy from uh, getting beat up or whatever. And it's like, no, no, he's here for that guy. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's my gonna... bounty, guys. <laughs> and but but at the same time, he's it's not about the money. Like that that's one thing we learned very quickly about him is he is a man of principle. He. Will not, uh, you know, he could have taken that guy's money because he's like, oh, he's got, I, I got a lot of credits, you know, and it didn't matter. He, um, he wasn't going to take the take the bribe. He was turning in him, him in regardless, and um, you know, and and if it's like he guy was going to be kind of a problem, he's like, that's fine. We'll just put you in a slab, a carbonite slab with all these other guys. Yeah, can, can I interject? I want to know where I can get one of those uh, small confined carbonite freezing units because. I can make a lot of coffee tables with that. Can we? Can we just Kevin get... go? Nowhere. Don't worry about can it. We... <laughs> Don't worry about it, Kevin. <laughs> oh, hey, new coffee table. Nice. <laughs> um, we we got to get this out right now and uh-huh. just briefly touch on it. How awesome is it that in this episode there's the obvious reference? But there's two references to the Star Wars holiday special. Ah, uh, yes. there was more than two, my friend. There was more than two. There was a bunch of holiday. And and now I don't know if you saw uh, this. And I, I need to. I, I was trying to post. iTunes screwed me over. I, I had planned to basically be pumping out episodes for the last week, but iTunes did not drop an episode or did not actually drop us until today. So I'm like, well, I don't want to have like seven episodes all drop on the first day. Um, so I, I want to try to go back and, and hit these up if, if if I have time. But in the uh, press conference, 
Dave Filoni really gives um, uh, John Favreau a hard time about loving the holiday special as much as he does. Yep, I remember that <laughs> because there there's a lot of references to it in here. I mean, the Life Day thing, you mm. know, his gun, the armor, um, the the giant. Uh, dinosaur thing coming out from under the ice and he's shooting it with a gun um gosh i'm trying to think if there was any more because i I was like surprised um just just mentioning life day itself is huge right i I was looking forward to spending the life day with the family you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's Man, so I does love that it. make it's, it canon? <laughs> I don't know if it makes the holiday special canon, but it makes some of the things that we uh, that were definitely in it canon for sure. And and speaking, I mean, speaking of this, because I know this is something that I, I feel pretty strongly about, and I know uh, you for sure, Kevin, feel very strongly about. How about all those, uh, all that fan service that we were getting? Very excited about that. We got a lot of that. I just love the reference to the Clone Wars, especially the Blurg. The Blurg. Who who does not want a Blurg now? I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that was really really important with uh, the throwback to the uh, a lot of the uh, uh, original series uh, aliens as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, we got a long uh, snoot and a, uh, a squid head. Yeah, 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 gr- yeah, a Gorindin dude. Uh, I know my mm-hmm. buddy Cat was really excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we got a cameo by Brian uh, Pusain as, yeah. uh, as the the uh, speeder driver there, big Star right. Wars fan that he is. Um, but you know, it's just other things too, like you know, seeing Warner Herzog be what he is, and uh, I, I was really happy to you know that we had um, you know, um, well, shall we just call him Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> Apollo Creed, you know, um, it was just it was just great to see uh, the overall look as well. But yeah, there's just a lot of throwbacks to the original trilogy that I loved about this. Yeah, um, one of the things Our I letters. really loved, yeah, what what one of the things I really liked about this too was like the fact that they even mentioned like when he they try to pay the Mandalorian with Imperial credits and he's like, uh, these aren't any good. <laughs> Well, and and specifically, he goes, okay, you know, I can pay you, and he's like, but it's I can only give you half. And he's like, yep, no, no, not he didn't think about it or anything. He's just like, yeah, that sounds good. Like it's definitely not about the money for this guy. Yeah, no, um, but I think the big one of the biggest things for me was it had that old style Star Wars feeling to it. It was a little bit dirty. It wasn't real crisp and clean. It it was. I really felt like I was back in that time of episode one. And I understand mm-hmm. this takes place av- obviously after return of the Jedi, but still it f- that's what the feeling of the, on the planets he was like, it was, it felt like that universe that he, George Lucas actually established in a new hope, I should say episode four, but the, it felt like that world. It right. felt like that world that was originally established that we first saw in the theaters mm-hmm. way back in the day. Absolutely. I, yeah. A lot. I mean, yeah. uh, Especially like with a lot of the directing, you know, um, the way it, it very much it had that sort of uh, this may this may come off as sort of a with a negative commentation, but almost like a campy type of, of feel with some of those uh, camera angles and transitions and stuff, but it, in a good way, you know, like it very much the way those the original trilogy felt. It- it was darker than I was expecting, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you guys something real quick because I saw if if any of the criticism that I've heard uh, would be the running time with credits is thirty nine minutes. Did you guys were you guys happy with with that? Or did you not like that? Uh, for me personally, I thought the episode rolled right along. There was no like didn't feel like it lagged at all. Uh, yes, you know, would have liked it to maybe be longer, but uh, um, I, I didn't find that a big deal. What about you, Michael? What do you think? Yeah, so I, I mean, I thought that it was good. Now, when I first heard that, I was a little disappointed because I was like, oh man, I thought it was gonna be closer to an hour. But you know, I felt like they really covered a lot of ground, but it also didn't feel stretched out. If that makes sense, so it, it yeah. felt longer than than thirty minutes. But in a good way. Like I felt like I got a a good chunk of story. 
Yeah. Let me ask you this because I agree with I agree with you. I felt like I got a good chunk of short story and it felt longer than 39 minutes. Do we have a runtime on episode 2 yet? Mm, I can take a quick look here. I'm actually on... Yeah, I haven't seen any of that. I just I just know the dates that have been released for the uh, the total of the 8 yeah. episodes. So it's kind of curious. So as they're far basically as like... just just marking it on IMDb. They have both this episode and chapter two uh, marked at one hour. So I would imagine it's probably going to be about the same. Yeah. I, you were talking about criticisms. The only real criticism I can have of what I've seen so far was there a couple of times where the CGI shots were very obvious CGI. I felt like um, there was a couple of times in some of the space shots and a couple of times um, with some of the creature shots. And it was it was brief, and it was more for when they pulled far away and did like a panning type shot. Are you it talking felt... about the blurgs? Uh, specifically yeah, the blurgs. when they're they're crossing the uh, like the chasms. Yeah, I I yeah. get that. I'm with you, but I still say it looked better than the dragons in Game of Thrones a lot of times. Yeah, I, I I can see that. I'm just saying it. That's I mean, it's a minor criticism that right, I have. Right. I'm just saying that was if if anything, that was probably the one thing that kind of stood out to me was a couple of times like, whoa, that kind of just took me out of it for just a second. Certainly, yeah. No, I I I I get what you're saying, and and I did notice it. Um, but I like I said, my thing was I was like, okay, yeah, that's probably not up to, uh, like Star Wars in theater standards. But for television, I still think it's pretty good for, you know, I, I think it was still above, you know, what we've seen for, for a lot of uh, uh, Star Wars, or not Star Wars television, because this is the first live action Star Wars television we've got. Um, but, you know, for as far as like premier live, television. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like it was still definitely up there and it's it better because they spent a lot on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, what about you, Kevin? What, what did you think of the CGI? You know, I didn't, you know, I, I thought overall it was pretty good. I, I didn't really, I didn't w- want to pick that stuff apart if, unless it was really obvious. Uh, but I got to tell you, because so the, the alien creature or the alien guy that he picks up the bounty on, mm-hmm. it obviously it looks like he's wearing a mask. It was really good prosthetics. But I want to ask you about Nick Nolte because it, it it looked like it could have been a mask with really intricate mouth movements, kind of like a better version of the Tim Burton um, uh, Planet of the Apes because those were masks that had a lot of mechanical stuff in it and they moved and stuff like that. But was he wearing a mask or is that all CG? I, I actually wasn't sure. You know what? I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I would that imagine. That was actually well done. I would I, imagine that was fantastic. Be... So, I'll, I've got to look now when I watch it again, but I would think that would have to be CGI. That's what I thought, but the way the mouth was moving, it was it didn't feel like CGI because CGI would have been a lot more precise on on the script and how they would have mouthed it. So to me, it felt like you almost had a mask on, and it it just had like some really good um, mechanical stuff moving okay. the mouth. I almost felt at a couple of times it was somebody in a mask, but it probably wasn't Nick Nolte in a mask. And maybe probably Nick not. Nolte's voice coming out. So I think I think there were definitely some times where that was somebody in a prosthetic. Yeah. Well, we gotta look and see, man. There's gotta be some I hope they do something like how they used to do the uh uh the what was it the Rebels report or whatever. You know, you kinda yeah. get some stuff after the it'd be great if we could get some of that. Um, so I hope they do something like that. Um, do we know who the, the guy that he, he brought in was, um, the, you know, the blue guy? Yeah, no, no, I didn't recognize the race even. So, yeah, cause I noticed it seemed to be sort of a aquatic, um, inspired at least race <laughs> that we'd not seen. I'm looking on IMDb right now and I see someone who is the, just, they're, uh, listed as the bounty. And it's Horatio Sands, and I'm kind of thinking that may have thinking, been who that yeah, was. Yeah, that was definitely Horatio Sands. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> so that's um, that's pretty cool. Although, wait. I got to say, he kind of uh, reminded me of, uh, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of the actor's name. Uh, um, well, anyhow, I- I'll go ahead and say uh, he reminded me of... Um, Orville? The Orville, yes, yeah. yes. yes. <laughs> That's oh, exactly uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. The I can't. Dan. No, 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 not Dan. The blue guy, uh, played by what's his name? That uh, when he 
Rob Lowe. Puts, yes, Rob Lowe. There we go. That's the name I can Pheromones. Yeah. Things yeah. happen. But but <laughs> yeah. how he talked and everything is actually the right. Was it a Protepsian or something like that? Yeah, yeah, per, yeah Protepsian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, guys, we have to address the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. The fact, I think this is the first time we've acknowledged bathrooms on a starship <laughs> in Star Wars. No, <laughs> yes. Um, now, live action, yes, but on Rebels, if you'll remember, when Wedge uh, had to go to the uh, the refresher. So he's basically oh, at a right. urinal, that's and then the, um, I can't remember his name, but the, the droid... Uh, I do remember another reference to a bathroom on a starship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camille and I were playing one of those Lego Star Wars games, and we were on one of like the, I think it was one of the uh, um, separatist starships or something like that. And there was like a hidden room, and it was a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, but yeah, I so much fun, you know. Um, su- super excited. Um, I got a um, Dar- Darulio was uh, the name of uh, yeah, Darulio's Darulio. Yes, so, there you go. That that that's who it was that that reminded me of him. But, um, see, I don't. I'm trying trying to look at at a, our list here and see because we have jumped around a little bit. Let's talk about that Beskar. Um, you know that that's something that he he picked up. That bet that metal Beskar ingot thing that mm-hmm. he got. Yeah. And it, you know, and it clicked in my head. I, I told uh, Christine. I said, "Oh, I said so." He's he's giving the breast card, and we we know that we'd seen uh, shots of him with different armor. And I actually even asked in our, our preview episode. I asked Riley. I said, "Do you think he's going to uh, be upgrading, or do you think he's just going to be switching out stuff for the job?" And so now we see he's upgrading, and you know, we we see how that that's feasible. That basically. Um, well, it seems like essentially he took all the money that he just made and then the Beskar and then turns around and, and makes himself a, a pauldron. So this is going to be a, a very expensive, expensive um, endeavor to, to switch everything over. Yeah. I find it interesting, too, because one of the things that he talks about is that's not even enough money to buy fuel. And, right. you know, that's one of the things in the Star Wars universe that you never, never really talked about or something until really... I, I, as far as I can think of, is um, Solo. Well, well, Last Jedi. Well, the Last and Jedi, Solo. yeah. And the, the more, more recent stuff where you never thought about fuel for the ships in Star Wars or anything like that. So I, I, I find, for just for some reason, that kind of stands out to me a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. But I want to, if you don't mind, I want to go back to the Mando thing because this is one of the things I found most interesting because, as you said, Michael, he's like upgrading. But to me, I feel like, not, you know, he's, He's kind of working on whatever this kind of Mando rank is because he gets the he gets the um, the the pauldron, mm-hmm. but then uh, the female Mando yep. uh, mentions, "Have you gotten your signet yet?" And he says, "No." And then right. she said, "Soon." Yeah. So I, you know what, I I wrote that down. I'm actually looking at my notes here, and because I was like, "Signet, um, what what is a signet?" I mean, it's. I guess okay, so it's kind of what I figured it was like a. I just googled it, uh, a small seal. Um, oh, see, and I should know this because I play D anD D, and there's actually uh, signet rings uh, that basically yeah. the the nobles will have, mm-hmm. um, so that and essentially they can like stamp if they need to uh, like approve something or whatever, they can stamp it like in the wax or whatever. Right. Um, so that's interesting because that then makes me think, okay, what's going to be, you know, both that, I, I guess essentially he had like his, the mythosaur. So like, what is, what is the Mandalorians going to be? But you know, when he's walking in there to take that ingot, you see all those other Mandalorians in there. You even see the little kids kind of running by uh, probably mm-hmm. more foundlings and stuff. And, you know, and, and a lot of the Mandalorians had the little range finder on their helmet. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all these little details. So it's, it was nice to kind of see a Mandalorian compound uh, or, you know, a base or whatever it is on the planet that he was on. And uh, I'm really curious about this female Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's because I I thought like, you know, I was wondering, I want to say he even said, Oh, it's a shame what happened to your people or something like that. Um, So I'm like, are they gone? Like, is he the last of them? But then we see that there definitely are other Mandalorians. So are they like scattered and displaced across the galaxy? What's, 
what's going on there. That was one of the things that I was kind of wondering. It's like, what's the deal here? And then we later on see some flashback sequences with him at about this same time. So I thought that was interesting as well. Right, right. Yeah, as he's watching it, you know, you, you can see essentially his family being gunned down by what I assume is the Empire. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's so good. I'm excited. I'm like, where's more? I need more. <laughs> yeah, Friday can't come soon enough. Um, right. Real quick, I got to throw out what a great performance by Pedro Pascal, too, because he altered his voice enough that it didn't stand out. And mm-hmm. it almost, it was funny as I watched on YouTube the animated from the original uh, Boba Fett from the original Christmas special. Right. And he kind of sounded like. What Boba Fett <laughs> that was probably like. direction from Favreau. Like, Favreau, so, yeah, sound more I mean, like the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I kind of, I just got that impression. And that, I mean, I love Pedro Pascal, and he can be a very standout actor. But the pl- fact he played it low key like this, and I mean, it could have been if we didn't know who was playing the role of the Mandalorian, it could have been anybody. I almost mm-hmm. kind of wish they would have left out a mystery. <laughs> uh, I, really I, cool. I think that that would be just about impossible to do these days. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with like the uh, uh, SAG and, and all that stuff. I think I think there'd just be no way that could possibly be done. But I do like that they to me, they're making it very clear that you will not see him without a helmet on because, you know, he said something. um at, maybe there was a couple references to him taking the helmet off. Like I think was one uh, didn't someone go? Oh, is it true you guys never take your helmet off? And then um, also the uh, Nick Nolte's character. Nick, yeah, Nick Nolte's character, who, the, the Ugnot. You know, he says something yeah. like, "Oh, maybe you should take your helmet off or whatever." You know, it's like uh, it's clear he's he's not taking that helmet off. Well, hold on, hold on. I uh-huh. I'm not convinced of that yet. You don't because, think so? No, and it was interesting too because when I watched it with. Uh, Aaron for the first time. That was one of the first things she asked. Um, mm-hmm. she, she enjoyed the show. She says, but yeah, but is he taking the, ma- the helmet off? Because she, she's looking at it as not like the diehard Star Wars fan that we are because she thinks that that's something they should lead up to because we need to see what he looks like mm-hmm. because then you become more invested in a character if you can kind of see and there's a dramatic moment there that I think would be really good for the fans to see because yes, they're known for not taking off their helmets, at least in public, but it'd be interesting to see if with other Mandalorians or, you know, maybe in some cases, uh, trusted um, confidants of friends and fellow, you know, guild bounty hunter members or something like that. I I think we're going to see that eventually because you don't want to see him, all the way without his helmet this whole series mm-hmm. it, there's and there has to be a good reason why he takes it off i mean possibly possibly but yeah i i, I think that if they're going to do it it's i don't think you know next episode he's just going to pop the helmet off you know i i, I think yeah i, I, no, think, I think it's going it, to be a yeah. while right right I, I could see maybe like last episode or second to last episode or something they've you know appropriately led up to that point um, and, and, you know, there's, there's story reason as to why, you know, when he takes it off, you, you, it's important to you. Um, which, I, you know, we kind of mentioned Filoni or what'd you guys think about this is, uh, Filoni, Dave Filoni's first live action directing gig. How, how did you think he did? I, I thought he, he did w- very well. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. You go. Well, no, I just, I, I, th- I thought he did very well. With, with it and he handled it well I think the fact that he was working with John Favreau as the writer and what John Favreau was able to probably help Dave with since it was Dave's really first time with live action because there, there was some definitely Favreau feel to mm-hmm. some of the shots and things like that so, but I think I think for Dave it, it was a very it, w- it was very well done he used some shots that I think he would have used in animation style that he was able to translate to live action and I think kind of having Favreau there to help guide him a little bit in the live action sense really was something that made this episode stand out right yeah I, I'm sure there might have been obviously I mean I think these guys are just working as a team because mm-hmm. they're, they're co-creators and uh, you know and, and writing and stuff like that so um, it's nice to see him. Uh, this is we've once we've wanted this from Dave Filoni. We want him to move up that chain. We'd love to see him do a movie as well. 
um, you know, he's, uh, he's our next George Lucas when it comes to uh, really continuing the creative process of, of Star Wars. And I think he's going to become a confidant to a lot of other uh, um, Star Wars, uh, future Star Wars uh, creators or, or, you know, um, collaborators actually. So I think he, I think he did a great job. I love the look. I love the transitions. Um, and, uh, you know, especially when like the Mandalorian gets that pauldron on there and there's like these little electronics and you see yes. kind of go right in there mm-hmm. and then you see him back in the, uh, the razor crest ship. And there's that shot where you see the, the, the pauldron, uh, in the front of the foreground, and, uh, looking out through the cockpit. And I thought that was kind of a cool little transition knowing, knowing that that, that was significant for him to get that put on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. like his, his boy scout badges. Yeah, or or like the next rank, you know, something that, that, that he earned, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing I said, Boy Scout badges, you know. <laughs> I got this one for a fire starting. I don't, I've never been in Boy Scouts, so I don't actually know, like, what they are. That's that's a yeah. Mark Herman Merit badges. Yeah, merit badges, there we go. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought about that, too, and, and I was thinking it's kind of cool – to sort of see under the hood a little bit, you know, in some of these situations where we see some things in Star Wars, but we'd never really see how they work or or whatever, where, you know, you kind of think like, oh, it's just armor. There's, you know, you don't think about like, oh, no, there's like actual electronics that go into this and, and have a uh, function outside of that. So I thought that was really cool to actually see the piece of armor uh, taken off and, and see these these electronics. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to address that we haven't talked about yet. Let's talk about the scene with Warner Herzog because that was just intense. That was probably the most intense scene of the show as far as just you could cut attention with a knife. You have these stormtroopers looking pretty ragged and everything's like this. Obviously, Warner Herzog is some kind of remaining piece of the Empire. Um, you know, and just I, I thought it was so well done. And you, could, I mean, it was just how it was portrayed, how it was acted. You just, you felt that tension in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, but I like how confident he is. You know what I mean? The, the, the Mandalorian where he, like I said, he, he's very much, he's no nonsense. He like, there's definitely, um, you know, protocol and decorum to where it's like, Hey, I'm going to this, this thing. Somebody comes out real quick. Then, you know, it's, that that's basically says uh setup and so he's you know he's drawing his weapons because you know imagine this this is a guy who this is not his uh first time out you know he's he he's probably been through multiple different scenarios and and knows like when something's a setup or an ambush and uh you know he pulls the guns at that point and then I loved, I guess it's just kind of a play where he's like, there's four of us and only one of you. And he's like, I like those odds. You know, I was like, ah, it's, it feels like a little bit of an inverse of a, a Star Wars, you know. Get, um, getting getting someone like Werner Herzog on a show like this, it's huge because he's, he's film royalty to a certain degree. He has over 70 directing credits, over 30 acting credits. Uh, and he's been around for a while. And it, and I, I love the fact that uh, he could definitely hold his own acting because Kyle, you're right. That was a very tense scene. You know, uh, the stormtroopers looking like, you know, they've been around for a while or maybe not stormtrooper, Imperial stormtroopers, but they're still rocking the armor because they're probably still functional. But I, and, and the fact that he's powerful enough to still have these guys as his hired muscle or whatever they are now. But uh, yeah, having him on that, 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 that was a huge coup, man. Yeah, I would even yeah. say that it could just be a situation of these are just basic thugs that, um, you know, found some of this armor and and are using it because it's just better than nothing. But of course, uh, 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 Herzog's character has the the giant imperial bling. Yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, I think the other thing we've got to talk about too is the droid we all want for Christmas now. The bounty droid we all want for Christmas, uh, <laughs> IG Eleven. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I love the execution of this character and how they 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 handled the droid and just how I love the banter almost back and forth between this droid and the Mandalorian and how the Mandalorian was just basically using him as a weapon. But but also, so you see you see the uh, the IG unit just you know 
flawlessly firing his weapons and spinning around with his arms and stuff. But it was the simple things that I really appreciated was after, I think it was like after the battle was done Mm -hmm. or near the end there. And you see the IG unit step over a body, but the way that the, the feet moved and switched around first to get over the body. Did you notice yeah. that? I, yeah. I love really how cool. He almost has like a, a tank type rotation. Yeah. Uh, you know that how yeah. he uses instead of, instead of just basically like a regular turn, it's, it's almost like, uh, like how a tank, uh, switches treads. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, even to the point, and it's, it's not just, it's, you know, it's the legs, it's the arms and it's even the eyes, how they will spin, uh, to the direction that they need to go. It's, it, it's very interesting and alien, but yet also totally makes sense. Yeah, no. And it was, of course, Taika providing the voice of, of IG 11. And just, like I said, it was, it was just fun. Um, how they interacted and how they made the made a droid with pretty much no personality feel like it had some personality. Right. And, um, you know, with the little moments, obviously the self, I'm, I'm initiating self-destruct. I'm initiating (laughs) initiate (laughs) self-destruct. Right. Right. Um, and, and I loved that because what, what we've gotten, um, in the past from him, you know, his, how he sort of did his Korg voice. And I heard a lot of people who was like, Oh, I think he's going to do the same thing or whatever. And I, I haven't really said anything because I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it and then kind of be disappointed or whatever, but I really did not want him to be Korg, you know? Yeah, and I'm no. so happy that they didn't. I, I really like that. He's his own thing. Um, however, I don't know if we're going to see him again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be curious to see what they do with that. Um, and I, I, I love the whole scene with the cannon mm-hmm. when he yep. when the Mandalorian gets a hold of the cannon and then they're trying to figure out a way to get to the door and they both, just look, he both just kind of look. <laughs> they give that look and you just know it and it was, right. and that was amazing that whole that whole fight sequence was so well done I love the one thing too where they're going through the people and Mandalorian's above and IG eleven just shoots and you you hear the thud right. on the ground that that, that weapon was uh, an I is it e-web blaster it was like one of the original toy designs yeah. that, mm-hmm. that you could get and so it was nice that it was a throwback to that as well yeah yeah, yeah. so michael do we now talk about the i think the thing that every star wars fan no is- no 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 no, no. no yeah. i got a couple things i, I want to ask you guys before we talk about the ending yeah okay because right? i had some, uh, I had some too so what was you got kevin i just wanted to ask uh, first of all your favorite scenes and then um i want to know after when we do bring up the ending where we think the story's going to go but i was just asking just mention a couple of your favorite scenes oh wow i mean honestly i th- i think the that shootout scene i think that that might have been my favorite i i you know i i said it before um but i think it, it it's worth mentioning again that i loved the shadows of the empire video game so oh, yeah, that was good. But one of the things about it was like it was cool to see IG88 in action, but he was kind of doofy. I mean, he hopped around like a like a rabbit, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so to actually see something now that we have uh, the technology to do this and actually see an IG droid that still has that weird, you know, spinning and uh, like you know, it definitely looks mechanical, but but also makes sense and and looks cool. I really appreciated that. So, um, yeah, this scene, this scene for sure. But then again, there's so many, <laughs> you know, there's so many good scenes. Kyle, what about yeah. you? You know, it's two scenes. I love the shootout, obviously at the end and that bar, the opening scene in the, in the bar, it just, it sets up the character so perfectly and sets up the tone of the show right out of the gate. And it was absolutely amazing. My, my, I had two favorites. Mine, uh, we mentioned it earlier. I love the whole uh, uh, Mando compound scene because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more that we're going to be learning about whoever that female Mando was and just uh, a little bit more about their culture. And I just, I, I just want it more. But I really enjoyed the whole uh, Nick Nolte Ugnot scene and the training with the Blurg. I thought that was really, really cool. And I love Nick Nolte's character and love the way that he spoke. I have spoken, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you know that he basically says to the Mandalorian, like, you know, y- your, um, your, uh, uh, ancestors rode the mythosaurs. You can ride this thing. Come on. You yeah. know, I just, I thought that was great. I loved it. 
Um, real quick, as far as the female Mandalorian, I believe that character's name is the Armorer, and it's played by Emily Swallow. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I'm surely, I'm hoping at least we'll get, uh, um, surely we'll get more information, more backstory as things go on, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I can understand if, if they want to continue the, to not give him a name, um, but even still, I, I kind of think that, that we might get, get his name, um, but I, it seems like, it, uh, you know, if, if we see her show up more, which, like I said, looking at some of the shots uh, from from the season, it, it definitely looks like he's going to be upgrading his armor quite a bit. So if she's going to be a regular character, we might I would think we might get more of her. I yeah. hope we do. I hope we do. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. to me, I think it's very cool. I, you know, I, I, I've sort of joked but also totally serious about like uh Satine is my favorite Mandalorian character. Um, cause I, I actually enjoy the, the pacifist period of, of Mandalorians. And I, I think that, um, uh, it was really cool back during the clone wars to kind of see, see that and, and see some more depth to them and everything. So I, I really enjoy, um, getting to see some of the, these side characters and, and sort of, you know, get this depth to to what the Mandalorians are about other than just being like, oh, all Mandalorians are bounty hunters, you know. Um, so it's, like I said, I, I want to see more. Um, I, I thought that was a, a really pleasant surprise um, to actually see multiple Mandalorians uh, in this. Now, the one thing I wanted to kind of hit on uh, before... You know, before we we jump to the the last thing as well is, why do you think he doesn't like droids? I don't think that they're reliable, and he's had reasons not to like them. And uh, I, you know, obviously the thing with IG eighty eight is or IG eleven here uh, is kind of a, a testament to that because there's no reasoning mm-hmm. to a certain degree; they're programmed, you right? Know? And, uh, I, I don't, you know, just little things like why he doesn't want, even though that was a sweet ride that one, uh, uh, R2 unit had on that speeder, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, there's, I'm sure we'll get more of the reason why. And, and, uh, even were from, uh, the original, uh, cantina scene doesn't like droids. He's got reasons, you know? Right. So yeah. 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 Cause Uh, you you have a, you have something, Kyle, you think you have a, I was going to say. Droid, droids. Why does it always have to be droids? <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here's what I'm saying, and and, and this is going to kind of transition into that that last scene. But I think that because you know he he says like right before that last scene, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, you're not so bad for a droid or whatever. And I think it's because he's like, oh, let's ini- like I have to initiate the uh, self destruct. He's like, don't do that. And then he's like, okay, fine. We'll we'll do your way. And he's like, oh no, I gotta initiate self-destroy. And he's like, stop doing that. And he's like, okay, fine, we'll do it your way. And so he's like, oh, you know, he's like, you're not so bad for a droid. And I think my thoughts are, oh, you know what? He is actually um he's not a slave to his programming. He's not a like, yeah. nope, this is this is what it's gotta be, so I have to do it. Boom. But then there at the end, we see where he tells him he's like, no he's like we're not doing this he's like nope sorry that it says that we uh we have to terminate and i i think that's what it is i think it's that as a droid you can't have a moral code you know um it's you're you're strictly you your code is your code you know whereas you don't have a you can't say something like no this isn't right we shouldn't do this it's like well this is what i was told to do so i'm gonna do it or or i wasn't so i won't kind of thing do you think that might yeah. play into? I think I think somewhat too is like maybe he at some point trusted a droid and a droid's programming prevented him prevent caused something to happen. Yeah, po- so, I mean possibly. Yeah, it's, I mean did we? Because I've only watched. Like I said I watched it the one time, so I've I've got to hit it multiple times. So Kevin, you you might uh, if you've seen it like what eight times now, you might can. Uh, <laughs> He's watched it four more times it. during the podcast. It's actually on right now as we're podcasting. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, with the, the flashbacks or where he see his, uh, you know, or at least what appears to be his family being gunned down. Do we see who's shooting at them? 
No, that's kept. Uh, that, I, I I was watching that, and that was mm-hmm. kept uh, out of the flashbacks, which I'm assuming we'll get a uh, a better idea on with more of a, a backstory. Um, we, we just we had to get a tease into why he was a foundling, and uh, why he was uh, you know his parents were probably killed. But uh, I, I'm assuming that mystery will be solved soon. Yeah. So, because that could be droids. Um, I mean, I know I need to to go back to that that second trailer. You know, we did see the uh, the B two battle droid. Um, yeah, and B two or is it the B? We saw the super battle droid. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that's which a, one. Yeah, that's are, a good point. So, uh, he was probably affected by uh, you know the the separatist uh, armies. Yeah. yeah. So I I, I got to go back after this, and I'm, I'm going to check that out, and I'm going to see if uh, maybe that scene, you know, that shot may be lining up with something we're gonna gonna see, and that that may explain some things there. But uh, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. But uh, that ending was wholly satisfying. Yeah. So can 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 I top in here real quick because I had heard a lot of rumors just floating around on the net and uh-huh. stuff like that. They were talking about maybe going kind of a lone wolf and cub kind of style with the Mandalorian. Kevin, in fact, I think we talked about it at one point on Culture Clash. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And so when we got that reveal of we see the small thing and I'm thinking, okay, it's the baby. But what I wasn't expected was what the baby was. Right. <laughs> right. That was mind-blowing. It's like, this thing's 50 years old. Right. And the droid is like, yeah, um, something. Yeah, because I saw those ears and I was like, <laughs> Is that Yoda? That makes no <laughs> sense. And then as soon as he said fifty years, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah." So that's cool. I, I, I was super uh, happy about it because I don't think it doesn't really kill any mystery of like Yoda species or anything, but it does still kind of. I think it brings up more questions than it actually answers about anything. Yeah. Real quick, I can I know you want to, but I'm just gonna say, best-selling Star Wars plushie of all time now. Baby, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, take that, Porgs. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to think back of because someone sent me a message saying, "Was that a was that Baby Yoda?" I'm like, "No, no." Uh, but what's interesting, is, and I remember George Lucas commenting on this years ago, and it was something I don't know if you remember back in the day where legends was happening and that was considered canon and there were certain topics that the writers of these legends books couldn't tackle one of them was how uh chewy and and han and how, how han was going to uh rescue chewy that was one of those things that he wanted to hold to his vest and tell in his story um the han solo book series when you read that or listen to that that mm-hmm. trilogy um, it, it goes around that. It doesn't actually tell that story. The other one was the species of Yoda. Mm-hmm. That was something that he wanted. He he's, he's been quoted about this. Look it up. He's wanted yeah. to keep it a mystery. It, he was on the fence of whether or not he was ever going to tell that story. So the only really references that we have to the species other than Yoda himself is Yaddle, who was on the Jedi council in, uh, in part of his species, mm-hmm. uh, in episode one. Uh, as far as I know, anything else, even legend-wise or canon-wise, of hearing about other Yoda species or any names hasn't been done yet. Right. So this is huge. Right, right. And so I think I'm wondering if th- that species is very Force-sensitive, and that's why this is important um, type of thing going on. And who knows? Maybe it will tie into... Uh, what you know if they're going to try to tie it into the first order and the surviving the emperor and all that kind of yeah. stuff a lot of people are throwing that around there yeah. Yeah. but I, I this is this is interesting because they have not said his species mm-hmm. lucas we thought was going to be the one that was going to do that and lucas has visited the set here right has talked with the creators so i'm curious if they're going to make that jump this is huge yeah Absolutely. Like I said, it's, it asks, uh, you know, it, it makes you ask a lot of questions, which is why it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. And, 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 and what's, what's cool about it is it's not like lost stupid, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's star Wars. Good. Well, no, this is something that hits on every star Wars fan, because this is one of the biggest mysteries of star Wars. And Kevin talked about it. 
it also shows, I think, to something that I know Kevin and I have talked about as well, is that the trust that Lucasfilm and Disney and now apparently even George Lucas have put into John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think he would have let just anybody handle this, even though it's basically Disney's property and they own it. I think they would showed enough respect to George and the fact George was on set and things like this. I think this was absolutely done with George Lucas's blessing. And I think it was because it was the two people he put more trust in than anybody else to handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can definitely tell when, when George is actually interested in, in the project. You know, he, he'll actually show up on set uh, f- for that project. So um, this this definitely seems to be one of them. He's always had, you know, great things to say about uh, Filoni and uh, John Favreau. I mean, the guy brought us Iron Man. I mean, and, and not just Iron Man. Like, he he went to bat. He fought for Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, yeah. um, which I got to say... I come up recently, and and this is for everyone. I know this is just a little bit of a sidetrack, but I, I think a lot of people might might find this very interesting. I have been uh, working on uh, a, a new Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I'm I'm really big into Dungeons and Dragons for anyone who doesn't know. And uh, you know, a friend of mine is is running the campaign. He's like, okay, they so come up with a character, and I said, all right, here's my elevator pitch for my character. Think about 2008's Iron Man. If they didn't if they didn't cast Robert Downey Jr., but instead they cast Matthew McConaughey, that's my character. <laughs> oh. Well, keep in mind uh, this this episode uh, in this series um, with John Favreau behind the creative forces here. You have to also realize, yes, he did bring us Iron Man, but uh, also in the holidays, not only are you going to be watching, you know, The Mandalorian by John Favreau, but you're also going to be watching Elf by John Favreau. Yeah, yes. Elf was was really. I I think it's actually of the which I mean I I, I like Will Ferrell, but um, going back, I don't think all of them hold up as well. Elf holds up like every yeah, single time. Elf holds yes, up. Yes, it does. <laughs> but all right, guys. I mean, you got any any closing statements or anything? I mean, I, I feel like we well, we've really tackled yeah, this. Yeah, I want to ask you, where do you think this story is going to go? Let's speculate because you know we've got a lot of stuff teased in this episode. Where do you think it's going to go? Where do you want it to go? I, you know, I, I, so I'm interested because I, you know, he, he did say, he's like, oh, we'll, we'll bring it in alive. Um, so I would kind of think that. And then, like I said, you know, we know that he gets more Besco, Beskar armor. Uh, I would assume that was, was from here. But then again, he may not be above just going back, shooting the place up, and taking that Beskar himself. <laughs> and, and then it, you know, I, I think and I, I hope that we do see the uh, the whole lone wolf and cub thing, and and we got to bring Kara uh, Dune in. That that was that's a character I'm very excited to see more of, or or see anything yeah. of. We haven't we you know she wasn't even in this episode, so yeah. I, I I think we're headed towards a lot of lone wolf and cub, the hunt for this baby. I think that's why you have like Ming Na's character coming up, some of these other characters coming. And, and I, I really think we're going to dive into a side of Star Wars universe we have not really seen portrayed in live action. And I, I'm just, the, the possibilities are endless. There's so many directions it could go. I think the basis line is there to do some Lone Wolf and Cub kind of things with this. And I think it's going to be an awful lot of fun, this Mandalorian running around with this little Yoda species baby. So I, I think I think we're in for some really fun and interesting times here. And I'm just so excited to see the world that they're going to create. Yeah, yeah it you, you hit something right there, Kyle, about, diving into a world that live action hasn't done yet because of, you know, this takes place four or five years after return of the Jedi. And now that all of legends has been basically canceled as Canon, um, this is really interesting because mm-hmm. now we get to see where the empire is. Uh, and, I, and I, I'm really curious to see where, um, it, what, threats if any which i'm sure we'll be uh seeing um that that holds for our our heroes or our anti-heroes depending on how, how you look at it but you know with this yoda creature thing happening going on here and, and this the whole mandalorian culture is it too much let, let me ask you guys this because i would really love to see some heavy heavy 
fan service to the Mandalorian <laughs> storyline in in the um, the Clone Wars and and maybe something regarding Rebels. Is it too much to ask for a mention of Ahsoka or even some other Mandalorian stuff that we've learned, you know, to where maybe we do get a live action version of some of these characters that, you know, they, I mean, they did it in Rogue One. We got a live action ver- version of, you know, uh, of a character from the Clone Wars. Will that happen? I hope so. I, I don't think that it's, you know, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, who disagree. And you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and say right now. Uh, anybody who who's got comments on this, reach out to us at uh, just the Mandalorian. Uh, I'm sorry, the Mandocast on Twitter, or you can just uh, email us at themandocast at gmail dot com. I don't think I don't think it's too out of uh, out of the realm of possibilities that we might see them uh, basically drop this baby off with a live action Ahsoka. I, I think that. Um, if you were going to do the situation of, hey, we've got to resolve this in, in such a way that, you know, like Rise of Skywalker can't really deal with, with having this baby Yoda, um, whereas, um, you know, but we we do want to have, you know, we're not just going to like kill it. That, that would be super grim. A way to do it that would have everyone excited and, and want to see things for the future is have have them basically there be some sort of like point of contact to to pass this this baby off and that contact ends up being an older Ahsoka. It's possible. I think because season two is greenlit already, I think that that's where you're going to see that as a lot more possibility in season two than in season one of what of some of that kind of things happening. What I find interesting now that we sync up the timeline, because I know this is something that a lot of people had talked about, was the fact that Mandalorian was not going to end until after Rise of Skywalker came out. Mm-hmm. With the revelation in this first episode, it makes you wonder what we could possibly be seeing in Rise, if there's anything with what has been revealed to us that might make its presence felt in Rise of Skywalker. And there's a reason why that the Mandalorian is not finishing up before Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, I mean, very pop. I mean, it's to me, I, I think that it, it could go anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I could see there not really being anything that they don't have to uh, mess with this. And, and this could be something that gets resolved in, in such a way that it, it's contained or we may see some crossover. I, I really think it's just up to whatever the, the type of stories that both uh, Filoni and um, Favreau are wanting to tell and, and the story that J.J. Abrams wants to tell. And, 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 you know, is there a place to merge those? I, I don't know. Um, we we got to see. And, and if there is, it may not even be something from this episode. It may be something coming in in upcoming episodes i find interesting about uh this though the mandalorian schedule so you have chapter two coming this friday november 15th mm-hmm. chapter three friday november 22nd chapter four friday november 29th but chapter five i'm sorry chapter five um is uh, is also friday december 6th and then chapter six is friday december 13th but that chapter seven is on a wednesday december 8th is it December 16th? I think it's 16th or yeah. 18th. Yeah, afterwards, it's, it's a Wednesday instead. I know right, like right before the Thursday Rise. night premiere yeah. of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So you're going to get a Mandalorian episode in there. Going to be kind of interesting to see what they do with that. And, of course, then the, the last episode is uh, after that, so which is December 22nd. Yep. Yep. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, all I know is this, I'm excited. It's here finally. <laughs> I almost wish we had binge watching, but I understand why we don't. It, it, it's, I, it's, I'm really happy they're not doing the I'm, binge watching thing. Yep. And I think it, for us podcasters, that's awesome. But it gives mm-hmm. us something to talk about. It's destination TV. That means uh, you know it, it won't be gone in about a week or so, like a lot of the Netflix stuff. And I see. I think we're going to see a lot of Netflix shows doing less of the binge watching thing because you can promote it and drag it out for a month or so or whatever, and it makes it interesting for more than just a week or two absolutely yeah because who's talking about like stranger three stranger things season three right now nobody exactly it <laughs> was know? it was great for a couple of weeks and uh saw plenty of people at dragon con dress like him but now no one's talking about it right yep. right for sure right. well guys i seriously appreciate you coming on uh and and talking some mandalorian with me um 
you want to tell everybody where you can be found? Okay. Um, of course, um, you can find Kevin and myself on the Fandom Podcast Network at fpnet.podbean.com, where we host Culture Clash and all the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. You can find, find us at, at FanPod Network. Um, you can also find me personally on Twitter at AKyleW or on Instagram at AKyleFandom. Kevin, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And yeah, go ahead and check out the Fandom Podcast Network. A lot Got a lot of great shows on there. And I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and so that, that's been our show. If you'd like to reach us, like I said, you can just shoot us an email over at uh, uh, The Mandalorian. Or I'm sorry, The Mando. God, I keep messing that up. Uh, the Mandocast at gmail.com or just uh, uh, Mandocast over at. Uh, twitter Uh, thank you for listening and remember uh subscribe to us and leave us a review on itunes